0: Today's our guest is Sam Bares from Systematic Capital. Welcome, Sam.
1: Hi, Rama. Thank you for having me. I look forward to talking to you and your audience. Sure. Thank you very
0: much, Sam. And a little bit about Sam. Mr. Bares is a a principal of Systematic Capital Group, and Sam's background is in financial services, state and local taxes, and real estate. He has been directly involved in the acquisition, rehabilitation, and management of over. $40 $40 in in multifamily and single-family assets since 2009. Mr. Bates spent 10 years in corporate America, where he honed his business acumen and developed many characteristics that helped him succeed in the real estate industry. Sam started at UBS Financial Services, where he cultivated his knowledge about financial markets. He directly worked with advisors that had over $3 billion in assets under management. After graduate school, Mr. Pair's transitioned his career to state and local taxes. So during his tax career, he helped companies save more than $45 million in tax. So with that, Sam, you want to add anything to your background?
1: Yeah, um, I, I realized I should have given you an updated background. We actually have, I've owned over $200 million in assets so far. Um, primarily in Texas and the Southeast, um, about half acquisition, half development. And then, um, on the residential side, we're developing roughly 180 to 200 single family homes a year. We'll do the land development and then build the homes, either spec build. Or sell the land for to builders for them to build houses as well so um a little bit more detailed into real estate than just the multifamily side
0: yeah got it yeah thank you thank you for the update and uh, during i mean during your corporate career you acquired some carrot yeah some skills and characteristics so would you share a little bit more about that sam
1: yeah definitely um i was in corporate America for roughly about 12 years, I spent a couple years as an investment analyst at a large um, private wealth bank. Um, and I learned quite a bit there. And then I spent 10 to 11 years or so in consulting and um, mainly sales and use tax and property tax. And I well, I spent five years in consulting and I spent about five to six years in an energy company doing the indirect taxes for our company and leading up that initiative. And um, I I knew it wasn't what I wanted to do long term, but I think it was a good stepping stone. It made me a very organized and detailed person and um, dealing with taxes and reading tax laws and oil and gas dictionaries and just different things you learn and pick up a lot and dealing with a lot of different clients. Um, You become where you you have to move quickly and um, you have to work expediently to get through all the material. And I'm grateful for my time there. And there's a lot of skills that I've been able to parlay over into real estate, such as Underwriting, time management, project management, holding people accountable to make sure the assets are functioning correctly, and um, just giving our investors and ourselves a better end product. Got it.
0: Yeah, thank you very much. And and also, you have some experiences in state and local taxes during your that career. You helped some companies. Uh, more than 45 million. So, how exactly that, that experience relating with multi-family related tax taxes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, from a sales and use tax perspective, I mean, it doesn't correlate exactly, but it, it did help me become very anal. Um, and combing through records and invoices and just picking through all the details. Um, but from a property tax standpoint, it's it's very relevant. And it's helped me. i've I've learned how each state works from a business personal property standpoint and a real estate standpoint. And like we were gonna be closing one deal in Atlanta in December. Of 20, 2020. And I knew Atlanta was a disclosure state or Georgia's disclosure state. So I purposely pushed back closing till January 21 to keep the value low because most tax appraisal districts assess the value at one one each year and Georgia's that way. So we close on January 7th instead of mid-December to keep that valuation low. And like we the we bought the property for 16 million. It was valued at $8 million before we bought it. And for the first year, it stayed at that $8 million mark. So I think there's some strategic planning opportunities from my experience with tax and the background I've had to, to, to... That translates to real estate. And then from a personal property standpoint, I've filed thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of renditions. And a lot of people don't even understand what business personal property is. So... Um, I've been able to assist the apartments with that. I've been able to do audit defense of business personal property at some of our apartments. So it's been kind of a a full circle event that I I think helped with keeping the values low in our properties. And also we fight our property taxes every year. I feel like I have higher value add responsibilities now. So I outsource that to consultants and attorneys, but... At the same time, I can speak their lingo and like we, we've actually sold a property, but we're still in litigation with a county for our twenty nineteen and twenty twenty taxes um and appealing uh, those values. And once we finally get through that, I think we'll be able to return a, a decent amount of the initial tax bill to our investors. And um, I guess the last example I can give is we're building a property right now. And the county had it basically at a value that was not even close to what our stabilized value would be. They just skyrocketed the the values. So we showed them our cost spreadsheets and basically just through a hearing was able to reduce the value by almost two thirds so, it's significant tax savings to our investors.
0: Awesome. That's, uh, that's good to know that. And definitely, taxes are very very expensive one of the you know top expenses. And and implementing that kind of strategic planning, like you know, moving uh, to next year is a definitely it's a good good strategy. Uh, yeah. So so you, your company is focusing on land development, and you know, both multifamily space and single family space. So, uh, would you share a little bit more about that—the process and some challenging experiences for there?
1: Yeah, um, multifamily has gained in significant popularity over the last decade, and rightfully so because it is a very—it's a great asset class to invest in, and it's a lot more recession recession proof than the stock market or other more volatile assets. So, we start off doing acquisitions and we realized that it was quickly, quote unquote, the red ocean. And we don't really want to play where everybody else can play. So we decided to look at building. And we brought in a partner who had 20 plus years of development experience, um, mainly on the single family side, but he could build apartments and uh, other commercial assets. So we started focusing on that. And we've done We've been able to do very well uh, in that. I mean, from an acquisition standpoint, I'll offer on 100 or 200 deals, usually before we get one. And the deals we have gotten from an acquisition standpoint, are a lot of them have been truly off market. Like We closed on two last year or three last year. One was truly off market. One was um, given to us and a couple other groups. And um, we closed before it went full cycle um, through the, the marketing process. A couple we bought a few years ago, were off market. So I think if you're going through the full marketing process, you're probably paying too much. And the market so far, people have been fine and been able to withstand offering a little bit higher prices because the market keeps going up. But over the last... Well, this is being recorded in June of 2022. And over the last like 30 to 60 days, I've seen a dramatic shift in the debt markets and just the environment of capital and what people are willing to offer on deals. So it'll be interesting to see how um, people will do in the next few years since I, I think we're starting to come to a slow down, or at least maybe a potential correction where pricing is um, staying stagnant or possibly decreasing a little bit from earlier in 2022.
0: Got it. So from land uh, permits or land you know, development point, of view, so are you guys facing any challenges, anything?
1: I, I think we're facing a lot of challenges that most people are facing. <laughs> The supply demand characteristics are completely out of whack for not only multifamily housing, but housing in general. And then with COVID and the supply chain issues, um, it's been very difficult to get some of the products that we need. Um, Like for one of the apartment builds, it took five months for us to get windows. Um, So the project basically went on hold for five months until we can install the windows Um, So, from a supply chain perspective, it's definitely an issue. Luckily, we do have roughly a 20,000 square foot warehouse where we can stack up a lot of our materials. Um, but we don't want to keep a lot of inventory just because that that dries up capital. And also you never know what direction inventory is going. With, with lumber, still, OSB, all, all the different products, some days it's or some months it's up, some months it's down. So we try to stay fairly um, nimble. In that regard, but to answer your question, more so on like a true business perspective, um, luckily all of our properties right now have been running really smoothly. But like a couple of years ago, we were using third-party property managers that didn't know the market that well, even though. Like for instance, one property we had, we had a third-party property manager in one market and they did a great job. And then we brought them into another market, which was a new market for them, a new market for us. It was heavily military dependent. And like we went under contract and roughly 86% of our residents were military and they were occupied at, at high 90s. By the time we bought the property, um, it had dropped down to the low 90s because they started doing deployments in the first three months. We dropped down to about 70% because just the massive the they had three large rounds of deployments. And the property management company that we had in place didn't know how to weather it. Since we were new to that market, we didn't understand how to weather it to the best of our abilities. And we definitely learned a lot. But during that process, I had to get rid of that property management company. I brought in another property management company that long term, we've realized is a lot better partner for us. They're Goals, values, and just professionalism aligns with us more so than other property management companies we've we've worked with in the past. So we're starting to give them all of our projects, which I think is gonna boost the bottom line because for for a while we were we're in secondary and tertiary markets for the most part. Um, so not every single property management company is gonna want to work with us just because they don't have the labor or the the skill set to work in those markets and now that we've found one um that that we mesh really well with we'll probably use them on all of our projects going forward
0: got it yeah and this operations are the key for success in multiple right? so and so what are the ways uh, you're using to find the right property management company?
1: I think that's honestly a hard (laughs) question to answer for operators. But I mean, you have to do your due diligence, you have to screen them, you have to ask a lot of questions. Um, I try to get referrals and not directly from the property manager, but I know a lot of people in the industry. So I try to get talk to people that have used them in the past. A, a good way to tell if the property management company is doing a good job is walk some of their properties, show up unexpectedly at some of their properties and just see how the office is, how the grounds are, see if you can tour a unit, how the model unit looks. And you can tell from just the care ownership that they have or pride of ownership that they have is going to determine if they're going to manage your property. Well, if the residents are happy, they're more than likely going to stay longer. Um, We have a property management company in Atlanta that manages an asset in Atlanta and then in Orlando for us. And their pride of ownership is phenomenal. It's one of the, it's by far the best I've seen. And you can tell because the residents love being there. We get more Google reviews at one of the properties than we get all the other properties combined. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of things you can do during your due diligence of property managers to bet if they're good or not, because most of them are going to tell you the same thing now with all the technology and the budgeting software they're going to come in fairly close to what other property managers are going to do on a budget perspective, but from an actual perspective, they can it can vary greatly on the performance versus what they how they say they're going to perform.
0: Yeah, it's very critical in you know, finding you know right property management company. Yeah, and so would you share any best uh, multifamily investing experience so far?
1: Like best practices or what do you mean by share best best experience best experience oh best experience thankfully i've had a lot of great experiences i i will say multifamily investing is a full-time job i I don't like how some people in the industry say that it's sit back, relax, enjoy your life, and it'll happen. You do have to be hands-on. You do have to work or, or the property managers and your management staff are going to take the foot off the gas. But uh, I've been investing in multifamily since '09, And I've had many great experiences. I think the it's been a very rewarding career because you can go in you can change a community you can help a city with revenue from tax dollars you can change the apartment dynamics kick out residents bring in tenants that are qualified that are respectful that want to live there and i feel like we can give them a good home and a good living situation for a, a fair price. And then just being able to help our investors out of it entrusted us with their money to help them save for retirement or to meet a goal or dream that they've had over year over years or lifetimes very rewarding. And I feel like we through our development of properties or acquisition of properties, we create a lot of value and create significant amount of alpha that they might not be able to find in the stock market and the volatility that is in the stock market or Bitcoin or other asset classes. We haven't had that with our assets. And we've always been pretty conservative on our underwriting and our numbers have proven that because we've significantly always outperformed our projections. And that's something that I'm very thankful for. And um, I would much rather be cautious and project maybe lower returns and project maybe a 15 IRR and then when you can give them a 30 40 50 i mean we did an 80 IRR on one project and when you can produce numbers like that it's um very rewarding awesome any
0: any personal habits that are helping you to be successful sam
1: there's a a lot to be honest with you um i'm I'm an avid learner and voracious reader and i try to read and grow my not not only my business acumen but self i read self-development books business books leadership books to help with our employees um i'm continually listening to podcasts um talking to operators talking to brokers to just have my pulse on the ground i think Real estate's not rocket science, and it's not a hard job, but it's a job you that you have to have a great network. You have to have your pulse on the ground. Like today, we were on a call with my partners, and you can definitely tell there's a shift in the lending environment. You can tell there's a shift with investors, and if you aren't paying attention to those things on a regular basis you might get eaten alive at some point. And I think just constantly learning and growth has definitely been a key to, to success.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And a- any books that impacted your life in what way?
1: Um, again, there's I've read probably 200 books over the last few years. So there's been a lot. Um, one of the books that I read last year that had a big impact on me is who not how by dan sullivan and it it was it's things that you know but it's great to read it and see it on paper and just to have somebody else reinforce it that's been a business coach for decades and has helped people scale up and it's basically just taking what you're good at and what are high high value activities and focusing on that And then whatever you don't like to do, whatever kind of like the low value activities, the admin roles that doesn't get the job, that that doesn't move the needle down the road, put somebody in place to do that and to help you. And even though you might not enjoy doing it, somebody else does. And even if they can only do it 80% as good as you, it's still better than you doing it 100% of the time. And over the last year, we've been able to grow significantly in like, We now have roughly 50 employees in the organization. And I think just growing and scaling has taken a lot of the day-to-day pressures off me where I can focus on the high value ad activities.
0: Great. Yeah. Awesome book. Who, not how. Yeah. And how can listeners can connect with you, Sam?
1: Yes, definitely. Definitely. you can reach out to me through social media or you can email me. And I have a couple email addresses actually. Um, and one, Sam at systematiccapcap.com or Sam at Group.com. And I'm usually pretty accessible through email and happy to respond and then set up a call with somebody if they want to discuss further.
0: Awesome. And thank you, Sam. I uh, really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for sharing it. Uh, your views on taxes and also you know your best experiences thank
1: you well Ram, rama thank you for having me and I, I enjoyed talking and discussing real estate with you sure likewise mm-hmm.
0: Thanks for listening to Multifamily AP 360. Check out the show notes and grab the freebie on our website ushacapital.com. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with those who might benefit and leave a rating and review. Follow me on my social media. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next time.